Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. This is My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bon and Tony with you for the next hour, live from Las Vegas at our VSIN studio at Circus Sportsbook. And we've got a fun show on tap today. My guys, Wes Reynolds, will be joining us from the South Point in just a little bit. Johnny Avello of DraftKings is going to come on and give us the book's perspective on everything that's been going on. And Adam Kramer talks all things college football. It's Hot Take Tuesday. We've got some hidden gems in college football, and so uh, you know we're going to have a lot of fun. But time, as we always do on the program, to get to our top five stories, things you need to know that impact us as betters. And we start on a somber note here with number one, because Raiders star wide receiver Henry Ruggs, 12th overall pick, in the draft a couple years ago, was involved in a car crash early Tuesday morning that killed a person in the car he hit. Ruggs was taken to UMC Hospital, treated for minor injuries, and will be charged with a DUI resulting in death. There is an ongoing investigation, of course, but if convicted, the potential penalties of those charges are a minimum of two years in prison and a maximum of 20. Raiders put out a statement earlier today saying they're, of course, devastated for the loss of life and thoughts and prayers to the victim's families. And while football is the last thing on anybody's mind in a situation like this, an all-around tragedy, um, it is, of course, coming on a week that the Raiders are coming off a bye week and getting back to work. So we'll talk to Wes Reynolds in just a little bit on how this may impact the team moving forward. It is today trade deadline day as well in the NFL. Just about an hour ago, things wrapped up. There's a blockbuster trade yesterday with Von Miller going over to the Rams, but today... 
Steelers outside linebacker Melvin Ingram was moved to the Chiefs for a sixth-round pick, so a half-a-season rental in an attempt to bolster one of the league's worst defensive units, former pro bowler and longtime charger. Chiefs also trading away right guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif to the Jets in exchange for tight end Daniel Brown. Texans continuing their fire sale, sending defensive lineman Charles Omenahue to the 49ers in exchange for a 2023 sixth-rounder. The Eagles also acquiring rookie cornerback Harry Vincent Jr. from the Broncos for a 2022 sixth-round pick. Broncos selected him in the seventh round a year ago, but he hasn't seen action yet this year. Other than that, it's honestly a lack of movement that's been making a lot of headlines. It was reported earlier today that the Browns didn't have any um, – plans to trade Odell Beckham Jr. and they didn't receive an offer that made sense for them. Beckham had just 17 receptions this year, 232 yards, zero touchdowns. And in his three-year time span with the Browns, only seven receiving touchdowns. I know they don't listen to me. I think they should have moved on to him neither here nor there. And all the talk about the Dolphins getting in on Deshaun Watson ultimately did not happen. So Watson will remain with the Houston Texans, reportedly their owner, Stephen Ross, made the final decision not to move forward with Watson. Number three on our list, the Cowboys think their quarterback, Dak Prescott, will be ready to go this week against the Broncos. Team owner Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan earlier today um, talked about all the rest that he's had with his calf from the bye week and then missing this past game and said, we have every reason to think he'll be back on the field this week. Mike McCarthy also told reporters yesterday Dak would be full go at practice Thursday. Cowboys favored by nine and a half hosting the Broncos this week. Dallas, by the way, stunning 7-0 against the spread this season. Number four on our list, there's a lot going on with the Saints people. Of course, we learned yesterday Jameis Winston is going to be done for the season with a torn ACL and additional damage to that MCL. But what does that mean for the quarterback room moving forward? Well, we don't know yet. Sean Payton said Taysom Hill's progressing and on schedule with his recovery from a concussion a few weeks ago. Trevor Simeon then stepped in and won the game against the Bucs. And now free agent quarterback Phillip Rivers said he would listen if the Saints gave him a call. Rivers led the Colts to an 11-5 season last year before getting knocked out of the playoffs by the Bills' longtime charger. Also, the Athletics' Larry Holder reported he doubts Jameis Winston will be the Saints' starter in 2022. Said Winston probably didn't do enough in the seven games he played to show he could be the quarterback of the future. So an interesting situation to keep a listen on. Saints host the Falcons as six-point favorites this coming Sunday. And guys, the Fall Classic rolls on. Astros take the series, shifting it at home against the Braves. Uh, Max Freed will start on the mound for the Braves after full rest. Meanwhile, Luis Garcia on the other end on short rest. Braves plus 115 on the money line. Astros minus 135 favorites. Total in this one is nine. First five, four and a half. Astros plus 200 series price. If you believe they can get out of what was a three games to one hole, Russ Reynolds now, VEASAN, all-sport analyst, will join the program. We're going to talk plenty of World Series action with you in just a little bit. But, Wes, the, the big news of the day and sad, scary news is what's going on with this Henry Ruggs situation. And because this is a sports betting-focused show, that's the way that we're going to go with this one. Just how much of a wild card are the Raiders as a team this week when you have to emotionally handle something of this magnitude? And, you know, Stormy, before this news even broke this morning, I was kind of wondering, and I was talking with Dave Ross here in the studio on Lombardi Line, 
of, okay, what are we going to get from the Raiders? Because it's like, okay, we don't know necessarily what we're going to get from the Giants off the covering win last night. That's now 19-4 and four against the spread as a road dog the last four years, and that's really been the Giants' best role. But obviously did not look very impressive or very sharp, even though they covered the game. So you don't, he goes, you don't really know what you're going to get with the Giants, but I don't think you really knew even before this Ruggs uh, uh, car accident what you really knew what you were going to get out of the Raiders because all of a sudden they go through a lot of adversity and John Gruden has to resign as Raiders head coach, Rich Bisaccia now in, you go to Denver, you win on the road, then you come back and win at home against Philadelphia. So you got two wins uh, in a row, us against the world mentality. We're going to rally together. And then you have a bye week and that bye week can work one of two ways. Either you take a second to breathe and regroup like, okay, we're through this now. Now we can move on and just play ball or you could lose your edge a little bit because the Raiders were playing with kind of an edge here where it's like, okay, you know, our coach had to, our coach had to resign for this investigation. You know, maybe the league is targeting us because I, I know you always have Brent Musburger on Wednesdays and nobody can give you more of a better history of the Raiders organization and that feud with the NFL more so than Brent. And the Raiders have kind of always been like the middle finger to the NFL establishment. So it's like, okay, here we go again. They're after us. So we just got to rally together and we'll show these guys what's what. But now that this news comes out today, you don't know the mindset because it could be these Raider players in the locker room saying, what's next, dude? Like, what, what's going to happen now? We've already gone through having a coaching change and everybody, all the, the chairs on the deck switch and everybody's switching responsibilities. Okay, you got to take care of this now. This guy has to take care of that. And now you have this incident with your young star player who, uh, look, not going to be suiting up, obviously, anytime soon, but I don't want to get into any legal ramifications. But it is kind of like, okay, what's next do we have to deal with? And sometimes a team might cave in mentally. So it's been adjusted already in the market. It was mostly three with some juice toward the Raiders side betting against the Giants, but now you're seeing a lot of two and a halves or week threes out there where it's juiced to the Giants. Yeah, and that was my biggest thing, right? Because not only is he, you know, your top wide receiver right now in terms of receiving yards, but emotionally, this is your friend. This is your teammate. You've already been through so much. And now, you know, just all of the implications and magnitude of a situation like this really unfortunate tragedy that happened with Henry Ruggs and the Raiders earlier this morning. Um, but we will keep it in the AFC West because you brought up the Monday night football game with the Giants. The Chiefs, once again, drive me nuts. And I'm just going to put this out there. If you went out there and laid the 10 and a half at the highest mark that this one closed in on the Chiefs, you have nobody to blame but yourself because haven't we learned by the, by the at this point in the year who the Chiefs are? It drives me nuts, Wes. Yeah, I ended up being on the G-men with not a lot of conviction, but it it fortunately got there. And what you're seeing with the Chiefs, it's kind of like the big national media narrative really is what's wrong with the Chiefs. Well, what's wrong with the Chiefs is they're turning the ball over way mm -hmm. too much. And if you really look at how Mahomes has played, look at last year. He's kind of like the same guy, very much a high-risk, high-reward type of quarterback. But last year, 
he had a little bit of luck and a little bit of fortune because he must have had like 19 interceptions that could have been possible interceptions dropped by opposing defenders. Well, this year they're being caught by the opposing defenders. So in many ways, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if he's regressed. He might be really the same guy that we saw. It's just the regression monster is kicked in and you're not going to get that turnover luck. And a perfect example last night was on that first series that Peyton Manning po- uh, pointed out on the Manning cast. He's like, I always hate when they drop eight in a coverage. This was the worst defensive face on the goal line. The Giants should drop eight in coverage, and that's what they do because it's as congested as the uh, I-15 South uh, near Sahara where there's always an accident and people are trying to merge on. That's how congested and condensed that space is in the end zone, and wouldn't you know it, ball gets tipped, picked off by the Giants, and the Chiefs don't get any points from there. So that's what I think you're seeing with Kansas City. But now... I want to see if this goes back to being an underdog because there was some Packers minus one earlier this morning, Stormy, and they've now disappeared. It's basically pick them. There's a couple Chiefs minus one. This might be the spot I would actually want to come in on Kansas City because now you're getting a Green Bay team that's absolutely priced to the moon. They were two and a half point underdogs on the look ahead. Now in some spots, they're actually favorite. This is where I would want to see and maybe wait to see what price I can get on the Chiefs, whether I can tease it up to seven and a half, assuming the Packers lay one and a half or take the Chiefs just in this situation because you got a Green Bay team that I think is very much overpriced. They credit them for the win against Arizona on a short week, but obviously facing a banged-up Kyler Murray certainly helped their cause. And if you look at what Green Bay has done this year, they've actually played a pretty weak slate of opponents, especially a weak slate of offenses with Chicago, Washington, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. These are all teams kind of in the bottom 10 of total offense in the NFL. Now you're getting a Kansas City team that, yeah, turning the ball over too much, but this is a team that can still move the football and still score a lot of points in a hurry. Yeah, I'm still just trying to figure out what the heck the identity of this team is overall. But because you mentioned the turnovers, 25% of the Chiefs' drives end in turnovers. They have a tough schedule ahead as well, the toughest in the NFL. Wes is going to stick with us. We'll have more from him in a little bit, especially regarding the World Series and just some more early lines in the NFL that are interesting. Keep it locked right here. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my game. (laughs) There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back, everybody. This segment of My Guys in the Desert brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with either. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free alternative and available in 10 different varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to zinn.com slash find to locate a steer near you. That's zyn.com slash find Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Stormy Tony, live from Las Vegas, here with you for My Guys in the Desert. Also joined by Wes Reynolds, our VEASAN all-sports analyst and expert over at the South Point. And it is World Series Game 6 tonight on deck in Houston. Braves lead the series three games to two, Wes. So what happens tonight? Is it the Braves to take and close this one out, or are we going seven? I think we are going seven here. And, you know, when you, when you look at this matchup, both of these pitchers have already pitched and are pitching on short rest here. We know uh, Max Freed went ahead and went the uh, five innings in game two. Didn't didn't really have great numbers in the series. Uh, was able to kind of kind of survive it a little bit down down in H-Town. But he got tagged for five runs. And then Luis Garcia went in game three. He actually only gave up one earned run. But he did allow seven base runners in three and two thirds innings, and he did allow four walks. So that's a little bit of a concern here. But Freed, who had been so hot really in the second half of the season, is kind of back to the struggles he had in early April because you look, 
He's on the worst two-stretch start in his postseason career. 11 combined earned runs he had against not only the Astros in Game 2, but also the Dodgers in Game 5 of the NLCS. So that's actually the most in terms of consecutive starts that he had allowed since April 7th and 18, April 13th, where he allowed 12 combined. So, look... He was very aggressive against this Astros offense that's actually very much known for its patience. This is not a team, Stormy, that necessarily strikes out a lot. They will be patient. They will take pitches. They will go ahead and draw their walks. So that's a little bit of a concern. But on the Braves side, I guess you got to be encouraged by the fact that Freddie Freeman and Adam Duvall came alive with their bats back at Truist Park. Now they need Ozzy Albies to kind of step up a little bit. He was actually hitless in the three games in Atlanta and only reach or and only reach base three times, struck out five. So I do like the Astros here. I don't know if I really necessarily want to lay the number. Another angle, if you don't want to necessarily lay the money line tonight, is to maybe try to take them at plus $2 to win the series. Then all of a sudden, if you just want to lock in some profit, depending on the amount of money you're betting, obviously if it's a small increment, then it's probably not worth your trouble. But if you're betting a little bit bigger, take the Astros for the series tonight, see if they win, and hope to come back perhaps on the Braves in Game 7 where you're for sure likely to get a plus price. And then that's a way to at least lock in some profit if you want to take that approach. But I do like the Astros tonight in the spot. Because that's what it kind of comes down to, right? Game seven is always just anybody's game. You're laying everything out there. Um, interesting, though. I'm I My one question mark, I guess, or concern is just like, how is this Braves team since Charlie Morton? Like, ever since he went down, I feel like that's changed the entire dynamic of their pitching situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely has. And, and I think the fact that, look, they had him on the ropes. Adam Duvall hits that grand slam. It's four nothing. It's like, okay, we're going to wrap this baby up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you lose in game five. So now the Astros got to think, okay, we're going home. We got out of here at least with one win, you know, which didn't quite accomplish the objective, but certainly at least it gives us a chance going home. So now all of a sudden the pressure is on the Braves here and, and, and the, and the rope tightens a little bit here. So The Braves bullpen, though, at least is going to be healthy here. Drew Smiley, not going to be available. He did throw three innings in game five. Astros did get to A.J. Minter late on Sunday. Minter's been one of the better relievers of any team in the playoffs, but you got to look if you're the Astros. It's like, okay, we figured a couple of these relievers out. Now we got to figure out Tyler Matzik. Now we got to figure out Luke Jackson. And if they can do that, the Astros can be in business. They do have Garcia on the mound tonight. And heading into the playoffs, Garcia's home ERA down there at Minute Maid Park was 229. Away, it was about two runs worse at 424. Astros, once again, minus 135 favorites tonight. Total runs in that are nine. And the top five players on the MVP board for the World Series are all Braves players. Got Jorge Soler at plus 600, shortest odds. But Jose Altuve, if you do like the Astros, you can get him at 10 to 1 right now. Is that worth it? I think it very well could be. I mean, nobody really stands out. I was talking about this with Will Hill earlier this morning, and nobody is really like the clear-cut favorite. I think Solaire, which I followed along with a couple of guys, has been kind of the buzz candidate, and he's the shortest price I'm seeing right now at plus $5. But you have Freeman, Duvall, Riley, Altuve, all kind of condensed there. The one Astro I did like was Gurriel, and he's 35-1, to probably too much of a long shot at this standpoint. But... If you think the Astros are going to win the series, that's where you want to go. I would say Altuve and perhaps Carlos Correa at 20 to 1. Should be a fun one coming up tonight in Houston for game six of the World Series. Also coming up tonight, 
the CFP committee making their first round of rankings. So, you know, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on that because it's very different from the AP and the coaches poll, typically where they decide to put teams. Where do you think the top four in and out will be tonight? Yeah, I think a consensus number one is going to be the Georgia Bulldogs, and why not? After uh, reading the recap of that Georgia-Florida game on Saturday, it was Bruce Feldman's piece in the Atlantic, or the Athletic, rather, and he quoted a a random, unnamed SEC coach talking about Georgia. It's like, they're up 27 to nothing, and they're trying to rip your head off here, whereas (laughs) Florida was a little bit more nonchalant and kind of ragtag. Georgia's going to be absolutely number one. Then it gets a little bit interesting. I put Oklahoma too. I'm probably a little bit higher because I think when you look at the overall wins in terms of a holistic sense, it's a little bit better than Michigan State, but Michigan State may get put up as high as number two just simply because they have that signature win over Michigan, who is the top 10 team and still a top 10 team right now in the rankings, at least in the AP poll. So I went Oklahoma too. I went Cincinnati number three. A lot of people are having Cincinnati out of the top four simply because they've got that one win over Notre Dame. Obviously, that Indiana win they thought maybe six weeks ago was going to end up being a solid win, and now the Hoosiers winless in the Big Ten Conference and two and six overall. So all of a sudden, that's not a very good win. But the committee, I don't think, wants to put Cincinnati out of the top four for one reason, because they don't want to talk out of both sides of their mouth. Because they didn't get a shot last year to get in the top four because the schedule wasn't there. Because obviously playing in a non-Power 5 in the American Athletic Conference, and plus the fact COVID-19 kind of took away all your non-conference games. So Cincinnati responded, and these games are set years in advance. But Cincinnati goes and plays at Indiana, they go play at Notre Dame. Those are two very, you know, good quality wins, you would think, at least going in. And I still think that Indiana wins a good win, despite the fact the Hoosiers have slipped. But you go on the road to play a Big Ten team, and you get a win, and you're a non-Power 5. That's a huge win for your school and a huge win for your resume. So I don't think they want to have Cincinnati out of the top four, because then it's like, okay, if we rank them five, How much can they really play their way in? They're going to get SMU, who's still ranked at this moment, I believe, kind of near the bottom of the top 25, and then potentially Houston in an AAC championship game. There's just not that signature win or those opportunities that some of these other teams like Oklahoma, like Ohio State, like Alabama are going to get. So my top four, at least from a prediction, Stormy, tonight would be Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Michigan State. The two right on the outside looking in would be Alabama and Ohio State. And Cincinnati currently sitting at 30-1 to 1 on the national championship odds. The only thing that bugs me or makes me sad, at least, about Cincinnati and their hopes to get in there is that these last two wins going into the first committee ranking weren't exactly the most convincing. You know, they had a tight right. game against Navy down there in Annapolis. And then this past week, yeah, it was a 19-point win, but the spread was like 29. So you need one of those wins that at least you're very dominant in that I don't think that we've seen necessarily enough of from the Bearcats just yet. You have no idea how much I've had to hear from Oregon fans this week because Ohio State is ranked above them in the polls and you have them ranked above them as well in the CFP. Yeah, and look, I do think that they're the better team in Oregon. I think that they played again on a neutral field. I think Ohio State would be favorite. That doesn't mean Oregon's playoff hopes are dead, but they need a lot of things, I think, to happen in front of them because this Pac-12 has really been so, I mean, you see it every week when you're doing sideline reporting. You don't know which team you're going to get from one week to the next. One week, Arizona State looks the best, and then the next week, they're losing outright at home as 17-point favorites to Washington State.
I got to cover that ASU team this week, so thanks for that. Really appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you don't have to say anything. I said it, so send them to me. <laughs> no, really, really great stuff, Wes. Appreciate the time, as always. And remember, everybody, you can check out Wes on a number of programs here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thank you, Stormy. And coming up here on the program, we'll have Johnny Avello over at DraftKings break down the book's perspective on some of the most interesting lines and live line movement of the week, as well as how the CFP rankings might affect the lines moving forward when they come out later on. And you guys know what day of the week it is. It's Tuesday. That means it's Hot Take Tuesday here on My Guys in the Desert. Keep it locked right here. This is Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, LA, and now New York with our guy Will Hill. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Live from Las Vegas, Stormy Bonantoni here at Circus Sportsbook. And time for some hidden gems. So a couple of teams that are a little bit under the radar, maybe not the sexiest matchups or teams in the world, but I think there's some betting value on this week. And just don't hate me when I say this first one, the UNLV Rebels, plus two this week, going down to New Mexico. Rebs are 0-8 this year, I understand. But they are 16 points away from having four wins. That's insane to me. Okay, they've had horrible luck, untimely injuries, but they're playing a New Mexico team that's just as bad with a better record. Lobos. Coming off a win where they they limited Wyoming to just three points. So the line is geared toward them. But that's such an anomaly game to me. Wyoming's allowed at least 30 points in their what, last three outings prior. 30 points or more. And this is a team that only beat UConn by two? Come on. Yeah, that's the team that New Mexico just beat. No thank you. Anyways, I really like UNLV in this spot. It makes me a little bit queasy. But I would take a money line plus 105. Also... The Wake Forest Demon Deacons going down to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. There, it's another ranked team getting points, but I don't see this being a Wisconsin-Iowa situation. The two and a half points just seems a little bit out of place to me. The Demon Deacons are the better team at every turn. I like their quarterback. He has a 22 to three touchdown to interception ratio, 65% completion percentage, nearly 10 yards per attempt, this kid. And they haven't scored fewer than 35 points all season long. Fresh off a performance against Duke where they were dominant. I, li- I like the Deacons here. It's only an hour and a half drive. You know, keep it easy. I like that money line as well, plus 120. Time to welcome in Johnny Avello, uh, Director of Sportsbook Operations over at DraftKings. And Johnny, we have a ton of things to talk to you about. But first and foremost, the national championship of Sports betting coming up here just this week, November 5th through the 7th. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing it up, Stormy. Uh, it's going to be a, a great event. It's going to happen in uh, live in Weehawken, New Jersey. Uh, if you can't make it to Weehawken, you might elect to do it somewhere else. But uh, it's a in one of the other 10 states that were like Arizona or Colorado or Wyoming or Pennsylvania and uh, and it's $10,000 buy-in, 
five goes into the pool and five is your uh, bankroll to play with. You get to keep all the money you win. You get to play college football, pro football, and pro basketball for three days, the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So uh, if you feel like coming to Weehawken, come on down. I'll be there. VEASAN will be there. And uh, if you don't can't make the trip, there's other other choices. Yeah, book the ticket and get down there. Top prize, a million dollars that you could have a shot at. Awesome. Tonight, some interesting stuff going on because it will be the first college football playoff committee rankings that are coming out. So coming up in about like two hours or so, how much do those rankings impact the lines that you guys put together versus what you see typically from the AP poll? How about that right there? <laughs> how about that right there? Bad zero. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we... We've been making power ratings all year long, and the committee's not going to come and tell us who the better teams are. I'll tell you who the better teams are: are Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma, and then Cincinnati, and then everybody else is in a is in the group following. So that's the way they should be ranked. That's the way they would be if they played each other. Who would be favored over each other? And uh, that's the way we look at it as odds makers. The rankings that the college football guys come up with mean nothing to us. I guess just more specifically than if there were to be anywhere it would have an inkling would be like the make or miss the playoff, right? Like, if is that where it would have an impact, if at all? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, I, I wish we had an odds maker on that committee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, could, we could help those guys out a lot, really. And uh, now that sports is, uh, you know, no longer the, the uh, you know, the forbidden – forbidden uh you know leave to speak about uh you know we should have a an odds maker on that committee now to help uh them along the genius idea we need to just submit that like you know how they have the little box and you submit your ideas that's what we need to do for this what about uh later on tonight the, i would argue this is the much 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 more interesting and significant thing that's happening tonight the world series game six uh, where is the money going tonight? I feel like coming into the series, it was very much so on the Astros, but then you see the Braves take the three to one series lead. Now it's three two. Where are we at? Well, we're at a dollar thirty on the uh, Astros, and that's after opening up the Atlanta uh, minus one fifteen. So a significant shift there. Um, the you know the Astros are home now. Uh, the the betters feel like uh, you know there's a chance for them to still steal this World Series, and the money is showing up on the Astros, which is probably, you know, close to 70-30, probably not that strong. Somewhere around maybe 65-35 uh, is what the splits are looking like right now. Interesting. Is there any liability on the MVP race? or I mean, obviously the games are so much more heavily bet, but is there one player or two that are getting most of the bets? Uh, not necessarily. Altuve certainly took some money early. Um, there was, you know, it was spread out among quite a few players. So I would say that, uh, yeah, there's there's no one that we're really in jeopardy with. All right. Well, should be an exciting game tonight. Always love when the series is on the line, which it is tonight. The Braves could win it all or, or, Houston, or Houston forces a game seven. But what about, okay, last night, Monday Night Football, we, I feel like we're talking about the Chiefs every single week at some point because they can't cover a number to save their lives, yet people continue to bet them. How much did the book make out or not yesterday with the Chiefs and Giants in Monday Night Football? It was a just dynamite pro weekend for us. Uh, I think we only lost one game the whole weekend, and that was the Titans game. 
Um, you know, they did bet the Titans on a money line. So we got dinged pretty good on that, but we won every other game. The two big games were the Tampa Bay game and the, uh, that was number one. The Jets followed that. Um, and then last, then we go into a Monday night with, you know, no real hazards because there's nothing to carry over. And, uh, and that game also worked out well for us because Kansas City ended up winning the game, but not covering. And they, so they, we had money on the giant money line and we had, Money on KC to cover the spread. It fell right in the middle. So uh, couldn't ask for a better weekend from a book's perspective. Well, betters are upset about it. I hope you know that. But what are some of the more interesting or more bet games already so far looking ahead to next week? Yeah, yeah there, there's a few games they're getting. But the, the Cowboys against Denver, uh, they're taking quite a bit of early money here. Um uh, one another game is the Patriots at the Panthers. We opened at one and a half. We're up to three and a half. Um, the uh, the Chargers at the Eagles. We opened up the Chargers three and a half. That's down. The Chargers now one. Um, and the Cardinals. We opened three. That's down to a pick at uh, you know going to San Francisco. So and then of course the last game was the Rams. Now some of that had to do with uh, Rams opened up four and a half, went to seven and a half. Some had that was Henry out, and then some of that was the Rams making one aggressive great trade. Okay, so I have like two parters coming out of that. First off, the Derrick Henry side of it. Um, like how much does his loss affect the games moving forward for the Tennessee Titans and, and just futures in general on the Titans because he's such a massive piece of what that team does? Yeah, you know, they went out and picked up, uh, they went up Adrian Peterson, I guess, to the practice squad. He's just adequate, so he'll help a little bit. But there's there's no other Henrys in the league. So Henry's worth uh, he's worth two two and a half to three points on a given Sunday. Uh, as far as the odds, they will that will be reflected in the odds from week to week. We'll see how they, you know, it's gonna it's gonna force the quarterback to make throw more when they probably would run on a third and two. He'll be throwing. As far as the odds for the Titans, they're locked in. As far as winning the uh, the division. And they're going to need some help, though, and you know, to w- go further than that. And hopefully, Henry will return. No one said that he's out for the season. There is some hope that he may return at the end of the year, and that would be great for them if that does happen. Well, and on the other side, you talk about the acquisition that the Rams did have, bringing in Von Miller over from the Broncos. Does that move the needle at all for the Rams in terms of their Super Bowl odds? Not really. Um, we. You know, we kept them where they were at, and we didn't see any more play because of that particular trade. So I would say no. Uh, you know, for the game itself, he made it maybe worth a half a point. That's why I'm saying that uh, Henry was worth maybe two and a half uh, to three, and then Von Miller was maybe worth a half. So that's the way I we kind of sized up that particular game. Okay, and then last one here for you, just with college football action ahead. You know, it was a crazy weekend of upsets last week. I feel like it has been every single week of the college football season, but some of the more interesting lines or bets this week. Yeah, um, there, there's been some, you know, some fairly good movement. Uh, you know, you, you take games like uh, the SMU at Memphis. That's a good game in uh, Memphis. SMU open six and a half down four and a half. And there's a whole bunch of them that move two to three points. College football uh, does that on a weekly basis. I know. It's wild. Johnny, thank you so much. You're welcome, Stormy. That's Johnny Abello of DraftKings. Keep it locked on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Von and Tony on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks. You can access injury reports, in-game action, and much more when you go to OddsTrader.com. I'm Stormy Tony as we wrap things up here on My Guys, live from Circus Sportsbook. It's time, as we do every Tuesday, for Hot Take Tuesday. My producer, Stephanie, gives us a couple comments, and I determine the level of hotness of the take, okay? Starting with, Bryce Young will not win the Heisman. Plus 180, shortest favorite right now. You know what? I don't think that's too hot step. I don't. Because an Alabama quarterback has never won the job. Which is, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about, right? Given all that they've accomplished as a program. But 
If you would have asked me this a few weeks ago, I would have thought, oh my gosh, so hot because Bryce Young, Matt Corral, everything. But that novelty's kind of worn off a little bit at this point in the season, especially when you saw a guy like Kenneth Walker go off for Michigan State the way that he did against Michigan. He's got second shortest odds there at plus 300. If he continues to progress, Ohio State and C.J. Stroud have gotten better and better week after week. I know the Kenny Pickett one fell off a little bit. We'll have to give Adam Kramer a hard time for that one when he joins us in a little bit. But, yeah, not that hot. Okay, the Jets should stick with Mike White for the rest of the season. Come on, Steph. That's too hot to handle. Too hot to take. Too hot to take. I know that he had an incredible day, a monumental win, and that the Jets are off to their best start since 2018 at 2-5. 405 yards. Three touchdown day for Mike White, but he's not the guy. Okay, when Zach Wilson comes back, you don't put everything that you put into Zach Wilson and then start Mike White. That's just, I'm sorry, that's not what's going to happen. I think Zach Wilson is the guy of the future. Too hot to handle. Updated win total for the Jets, by the way. Four and a half over plus 110. The Patriots will win the AFC East. Steph, what are you doing? Scorching. That is a scorching hot take because it ain't going to happen. You know that they're in the same division as the Bills, right? Come on. Plus 750 for a reason. I know that the rest of the division ain't great, but the Bills, they're minus. Come on. 16 to 1 for minus 6. Yeah, whatever. I'm not good at math. Anyways, it's not going to happen no matter how bad the Dolphins and Jets are. The Bills are going to win this thing, hands down. Time to bring in VEASAN's own Adam Kramer. Also of Bleacher Report in the No Punts Allowed podcast. Follow him at Kegs and Eggs. I'm just, I was giving you a hard time, but it's not even really a hard time because you had such a good number. It's 75 to 1 for Kenny Pickett, but that loss last week was just such a toughie. Demplo, right? Like, I'm not throwing that ticket in the fireplace yet, but I'm putting it near the fireplace to get ready to throw it in. So, could, could it? <laughs> that's that's what Pitt, like you, people were waiting for Pitt to do that. And it's kind of wild that in a game where your quarterback throws for 500 yards, you your Heisman candidacy goes out the window. But that's what happens when you do it. A couple of really bad turnovers. Obviously, you can't play defense. Um, Miami, getting a little hot, hot right now. So good for Miami, good for Manny Diaz. Really bad for my Heisman 75-1 uh, to one shot. So, yeah, it, we've got a lot of work. And, you know, it's interesting. Bryce Young. On just hearing you talk about Bryce Young's candidacy, you have to like ride the wave of the Heisman. Mm -hmm. Devontae Smith caught the wave at the right time. Mm -hmm. Bryce Young has not yet done that, and yet he's had a phenomenal season. So while he is the chalk, at at some point, maybe it's this week, maybe it's against Auburn. Who knows? It'll have to turn up a notch because for such for the chalk that he is, the buzz is not matching. Yet he's he's playing really really well. Yeah, you do have to have the buzz, though. And I know I mentioned Kenneth Walker up there. It is hard. It's hard for yep. for a non-quarterback to win the award. We saw it, obviously, not too long ago. But it is difficult. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I was laughing because I was reading your article on vcin.com today and quoting you here. What a hilarious and meaningless exercise it is to release playoff rankings right now. So with that said, Adam Kramer, who do you have in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, by the way. So I say it's hilarious and meaningless, and I, I can't wait. So, <laughs> so here's what I'm watching, because it's really hard to predict what they're going to do. I think we're all very interested in, well, me personally, I'm interested in two teams, Oklahoma and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I think, is going to be the major talking point tonight, 
And if for whatever reason they're outside the top four, I don't think they will be. But if they are, the committee has set Cincinnati to be out of the playoff. The strength of schedule, by the way, SMU losing, not great for Cincinnati. That was a really nice game at the end of the schedule. Still is a nice game, but, but not great. And Cincinnati, of course, has not helped itself these last two weeks. Looking sluggish as four touchdown favorites both weeks. Just not great. So they're making this more controversial than those of us who want a group five, a te- group of five team in want it to be. So I'm really interested in that. It's going to be Georgia. Maybe they knock Alabama for strength of schedule, but I still think Alabama is going to be in there. Michigan State's got to be in there right now. Absolutely. And then that four spot gets interesting. Ohio State, Cincinnati, um, you know, Oklahoma. That's the, the meat of it that I'm really excited to see. But yeah, again, it means nothing. <laughs> it, do- it does. It means nothing. But it's still fun, and we're all going to watch. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, a number of really interesting games coming up this weekend, and one that might not be particularly interesting to a lot of people, but is to me right now, is number seven Oregon at Washington coming up this weekend because I like I really liked this game in terms of a potential Washington upset until Jimmy Lake went and like upset the bear here, talking about basically that you know people that are that they're recruiting are much smarter than the people that Oregon's recruiting, and then you've got Oregon's president coming out saying all kinds of stuff. I feel like there's going to be hostility there. The quote from Oregon's president that I have, that UW is a wonderful school with a great football history. I have great respect and affection for its president, its academic and football program, and its former exceptional football coach, Coach Peterson. That's a dig. That's wonderful. I love college football. That's why (laughs) you get the presidents involved in the trash talking, right? So I'm with you, though. This line is interesting. Probably a lot smaller than people were expecting. With Washington's defense is really good. The home field advantage is good. Oregon, after looking sluggish for three to four weeks, has woke up. But you wake up against Colorado, what does it tell us? So I, I do kind of lean the under in this game. Like, I do feel like this is an under game. Washington has been, you know, hitting unders with regularity this year because it can't score. But the defense is really good. So I'm, all those Oregon injuries, especially on the offensive side, this is the kind of game where you see just how fixed are they. So I love the fact that they're subduced to this one. I do think it could be code, uh, close. I just don't know if I can stomach taking the six and a half. And how much of this off-the-field stuff, frankly, adds into it. But I'm, I'm glad that it is. Yep, it'll be a fun one for sure. We've also got a top 15 matchup. Number 13, Texas A&M, minus five against number 12, Auburn. Auburn fresh off back-to-back wins over then number 17, Arkansas, and then number 10, Ole Miss. A&M coming off um, a bye. They won three straight, though, going into the off week, including the one against Alabama. Where do you see the edge in this one? This is tough because I've been riding this Auburn wave the last, feels like the last month. was on Auburn the other night. Bo Nix, as we've talked about, you and I, is not a football player. He is an experience. And, but I'll say when he runs around somewhat manic, it, it feels less manic from, a, from like a fan standpoint. As someone that's watching, he's played pretty well. And I think defenses are really struggling to keep up with his unique style. That said, A&M is a team that has remade itself, really, since that Colorado game, which feels like many, many moons ago. We kind of saw that last year. They struggled against Vanderbilt. They got a lot better. Home field a factor here, too. You know, A&M just feels like it is peaking and maybe a slight edge better, specifically defensively. But, again, I love what I've seen from Auburn. This is what I'm going to be back and forth on 
honestly, in terms of, uh, of getting to the window before the game starts. We need to get, like, some sort of a voiceover guy to say, like, Bo Nix is an experience. Uh, I just I think that it would really go I on. love – well, like, he is the most exciting player in college football. He is not the best player. That is not necessarily a compliment. It's becoming more of a compliment. But drop back to drop back, there is some, like, washed Johnny Manziel in his game, right? Also probably not a compliment. But that's how I feel watching him. You're going to see something you've never seen before, which is not something you could say a lot about a lot of quarterbacks. I love it. Okay, one more before we get out of here. Number five, Michigan State at Purdue. Massive win for Sparty against their rival Michigan this past weekend. Now going to Purdue, who we've already seen play, spoiler, <coughs> Iowa, excuse me. Oh, oh know, goodness. So bad. Um, is this a letdown spot, though, for the guys in green? Uh, it's like every hangover. Think of the worst hangover you've had and equate, at, equate that to a football hangover, and this is it, right? You've got the Dragon Slayer in Purdue, which <laughs> not just against Iowa, which was terrible. But I know. I'm sorry. I feel bad already that I said it. Oh, no, but, but this reminds me a little bit of the Wisconsin game last week. I mean, I was on Wisconsin against Iowa. I've jumped off the fan wagon. If I'm, gonna, if I'm going to lose, watch my team lose, I at least want to profit from it. So I did. But I think Purdue's very live here. David Bell, that defensive line, I'm telling you, ingredients for a hangover. Look out. All right, great stuff. Appreciate the time. Once again, that's Adam Kramer. You can check out his preview of this week's game on vcin.com. Coming up tomorrow, Joy Taylor's on the show. You won't want to miss it. Danny Burke and Rush Hour are next. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.